Well, good morning. My name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is September the 25th, and we are continuing our study through the book of Acts. We have made our way down to Acts chapter number 20, and um, we got down yesterday to where Paul was speaking to the Ephesian elders. So we're going to go ahead and pick up there and uh, begin our study for the day. I uh, do need to, I am a little concerned, internet is going in and out here. Uh, we're in the midst of some kind of storm. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and also record this on on my hard drive just in case we lose it. And if we do, I'll just uh, post it as soon as I'm done. But uh, we'll see if we can hold there. So good morning. God bless you guys. Let's go ahead and look in Acts chapter number 20. And... Uh, Let's read for context, uh, verses 17 down through verse number 24, where we'll pick up some commentary there. So, um, go ahead and get up our notes here. Uh, Good morning, Mac. God bless you, brother. Um, Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders. And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Uh, and when they were come to him, he said unto them, now bear in mind these elders are those that are there in the Ephesian church where Paul had spent three years of his life in ministry to them. Uh, Paul spent more time with the Ephesians than he, than he did any other group. So they were certainly very special to him. Good times, bad times <clears throat> happened there in Ephesus. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. And of course they knew that because he had been with them for three years or more. I was serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by lying in wait of the Jews. And of course how the Jews uh, turned on him there in Ephesus. You know, as did, you know, the silversmiths, you know, some of the Gentiles, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house. So Paul not only uh, spoke to them uh, when he went uh, out in public, but he also spoke to them house to house testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So he he says, I'm preaching to both uh, Jews and Greeks here. Uh, I'm I'm preaching repentance and faith. And bear in mind, um, while repentance is a um, part of the kingdom message, repent and be baptized for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Faith is required for both. I mean, there's an element of faith to both kingdom and grace gospels. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. (coughs) And we talked about how, (coughs) excuse me, we talked about how that word in the Spirit there, uh, some other translations will take that word and capitalize it. Uh, with an S. Paul is referring to the Holy Spirit here uh, that is um, drawing him toward Jerusalem, and I'm not knowing the things that are going to befall me there. 
save that the Holy Ghost, and that word ghost there is the word pneuma, just as the word spirit here is pneuma, uh, witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. And that word, those words abide me mean await me. But none of these things move me, neither count I myself dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, which is to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul says here, nothing that awaits him in Jerusalem will stop him because he does not count his life dear to himself. And we know as soon as Paul ends up in Jerusalem, the mob's going to swarm and he's going to get arrested and he's going to end up on his way to Rome. Um, and the same thing uh, can be said for for us when we are walking in obedience. We do not count our, our lives dear unto ourselves. Why? So that we can finish with joy the ministry which the Lord Jesus has given to us. Um, and there's no greater feeling than being able to serve the Lord knowing that you are walking in his perfect will, knowing that you are doing exactly what he desires for you to do. Um, I, I believe that the reason our world is such a mess, uh, we've turned our backs on God, there's no doubt. America is um, the generation uh, that uh, is burning down our cities right now is the first hedonistic, heathen generation in the history of our nation. Um, they do not know God. They do not know God. They do not want to know God. Our colleges and universities, I work, I travel, I visit colleges and universities. I was virtually on the campus of two uh, yesterday. Um, they are not only godless, some of them are anti-God. They don't want nothing to do with God. They are secular bastions of hedonism. Um they have totally bought the woke left. Um, I mean, they are signing their emails with preferred personal pronouns. They are encouraging immoral lifestyles. Uh, they don't want anything to do with God. And quite frankly, I have reached the point, if you send your child to one of those institutions, you're an idiot. Um I don't care how good of an engineering program they have. I don't care how good of a psych department they have. Um, you're going to lose your child. And uh, I can tell you that um, the vast majority of children that I have taught, and I have taught on the secondary level for years, social studies, Bible, history, um, the vast majority of these children that get thrown into these public abysses do not walk away with their faith untouched. Um, they are scarred. Uh, it's, it's a very few that are able to walk away. And the children that I have taught have been missionary kids, kids that are for sure, um, they know the Bible. They know what it, what it says. They have godly parents, let alone the other 90-whatever percent of American um, Christians who, you know, go play pizza in, in the youth room uh, and uh, every Sunday night. And, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, we just live in a world that doesn't want anything to do with God. 
uh, I encourage parents, you better think long and hard before you send that precious little bundle of joy off to a secular college. Um, I flat out wouldn't do it. I don't reckon, I don't recommend it at all. Um, you need to send them to a good Christian, uh, conservative, <clears throat> right-leaning, uh, college. Um, and, and if the truth be known, probably 95%, it's off the cuff there, of students that go to college don't even need to be there. Uh, they're getting some worthless major, uh, that will not benefit them at all. Um, you know, if they're not taking some degree that requires them to have a college education, uh, they really don't need to be there. We have got to break this cycle of thinking. Um, the devil is using our education system uh, to warp our nation and to destroy our churches. Um, it's just my opinion. I'll get off that little soapbox now. Uh, but I'm, a, I'm about through with it. Um, I spend the vast majority of my time in my occupation on, coll- on Christian colleges um, where the Word of God is being taught, where uh, students are required to take Bible, where students are taught a biblical worldview, where the professors are not spending 98% of their time, time trying to drive God away from them. Um, so anyway, that's just... Uh, my little soapbox there. So Paul says he wants to finish his course with joy in the ministry I received of the Lord Jesus, which is to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Um, so he is doing and preaching and had been what had been received, he says, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. I believe that Paul is stating once again that what he preached did not come from the other apostles. Notice he says, which I have received of the Lord Jesus. and But from Jesus himself, the gospel of the grace of God. That's what Paul says that he has been preaching. And I I believe that that was Paul's unique calling. He, he, He calls that his own because the other 12 apostles that were ministering to the house of Israel did not have that same calling that Paul had. They never had that calling. And until you realize that the, the Hebrew epistles and the gospels are written by the 12, not by Paul, therefore they are going to be addressing the nation of Israel who was still awaiting the king and his kingdom and the tribulation that would come once the once the nation accepted it, which would result in the second coming and the establishment of the kingdom. You have to remember that as you were reading the Hebrew epistles, Hebrews through the book of Revelation. Don't try to stick the church in there. Don't try to stick the body of Christ in there. When James opened up his letter and he says to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad, James means exactly to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. And it is not us. It's not Hebrew roots. It's not, you know, all these other little little groups. Uh, it is the Jewish people. It is the nation of Israel. And notice he says in verse 25, And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Now he pivots back to the fact that he had been preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now notice he says here, 
he received from the Lord Jesus the gospel of the grace of God. But now he says, but I tell you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God. He's obviously setting the two apart. You shall see my face no, no more. So the only assumption that we can come to is that while Paul was given the gospel of the grace of God that he mentioned in verse 24, he, and he still preached the gospel of the kingdom, and that's what he was doing there in Ephesus. Why? Because the kingdom offer was still on the table. It was still there. And Paul continued to preach this message even through the end of the book of Acts. You get down through <clears throat> Acts chapter number 28, Paul on Malta, very last words, and Paul dwelt two whole years in a hired house. He received all that came to him preaching the kingdom of God. He continued to preach that kingdom of God. He didn't stop until after he arrived in Rome uh, and when he began to propin uh, the, the prison epistles. So, of course, today, these two gospels are mixed. Why? Because evangelicals, have attempted to mix, and this is why they mix them. They they want to mix covenant and dispensational theology so that we can all be happy and get along. Uh, and you look like in major denominations, Southern Baptist Convention, you've got men standing on the podium, you know, that are covenant theologians. Albert Moeller, I mean, prominent men. You've got seminaries that are reformed. And you know if you go there, that's what you're going to get. But then you've got other seminaries that are dispensational. You know, you go to Louisville, Kentucky, it's going to be covenant. You go to Southwestern, it's going to be dispensational. So what have we done? We have attempted to mix the two in order to bring peace, in order to maintain the status quo, instead of rightly dividing the word of truth as we are told to do. And that's what's leading to the confusion in our churches. That's why you can listen to a pastor today that's got his little MDiv and his, his PhDs or whatever, demons, and he will he will say, "You need to repent. You need to return from you need to turn from your sins. You need to be baptized so that you can be saved by faith that not of works, lest any man should boast." I mean, that is an absolute contradiction. Uh, that statement is a contradiction. Um, and notice he says, you will see my face no more. Interesting that Paul knew that he would not see these people again in this life. He also knew that he had honestly given to them the entire counsel of God. He gave them everything he had. <laughs> uh, and then verse 26, wherefore, therefore, I take unto you to record this day that I am free from the blood of all men. Now, some commentators will say at this point that Paul is speaking here about the second death. He is not talking about the second death. I believe that he is referring to them physically now that the nation has rejected or is rejecting Christ and his kingdom offer. Blood's going to be shed. People are going to die. People are going to be hurt. Ezekiel said the same thing in Ezekiel 33, 1 through 9, when he said, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land... Uh, take a man of their coast and set him as their watchman. And when he seeth the sword come upon the land, blow the trumpet, warn the people. That's what Paul says I've done. I've been the watchman on the wall. I've, I've seen it coming. I've blown the trumpet. I've warned the people that whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, 
If the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. Why? Because he heard the trumpet, he took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Uh, so I don't, I don't think this is referring to the second death at all. Uh, it's referring to physically the nation of Israel is rejecting the king and his kingdom, and they're going to pay for it. And, of course, Jerusalem is going to be destroyed, and the Jews are going to be scattered. He is merely warning them. Uh, or just emphatically telling them, I cannot be blamed for what is about to come upon you because of the lack of your heeding the message that I'm giving to you. Again, he is speaking directly to the Jew in the city of Ephesus. Um, and then notice in verse 27, For I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Now, this verse would seem to indicate that Paul had shared with them everything that he knew. <laughs> I've given to you everything that I knew. And Paul preached both the kingdom gospel and a grace gospel in the city of Ephesus. Um, and, we, and we see that. He mentions the kingdom gospel. Uh, let me get back. Um, in verse 25, when he says, preaching the kingdom of God, that's the kingdom gospel. But then in verse number 24, to testify of the gospel of the grace of God, I mean, Paul preached both. So he says, I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. I've given you everything. And he says in verse number 26, I declare, or no, I'm sorry, verse number 28. Um, I already, well, I got a little note here. Um there at the end where he says, I declare unto you, in verse number 26, I declare unto you that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Again, he's preaching both. And now this will become very important to remember as we study the book of Ephesians. He's clearly telling us right here in the book of Acts that he preached both gospels to the Ephesians. So therefore, when he writes the book of Ephesians, He's going to be addressing both when he writes the book of Ephesians. And remember that only Paul's prison epistles are dealing with the grace of God 100%. His other letters, you have to look at the personal pronouns and who Paul is talking to. If you don't, it will not make sense and it will contradict um, and we're going to see that before we finish even chapter number 20, because he's going to start throwing around some very distinctively Jewish words, like redeemed, like flock, like shepherd. Now, I know we've all heard those words from the pulpit in our evangelical churches today, but those are distinctively Jewish words that have to do with the, the, Jew, the Jews, the nation of Israel. Notice he says in verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves. Now again, who's he talking to? He's talking to the Ephesian elders who are Jews. He says, Take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock. The flock is a distinctive Jewish term over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased in his own blood. 
So he's addressing the Jewish leaders. He mentions the flock over which he has made them overseers. Remember that this little flock is the one that is going to receive the kingdom. They're going to be the ones that are going to receive the kingdom. Well, who is going to receive the kingdom? The little flock. Who is the little flock? It's not the body of Christ. It's the nation of Israel. Um, notice in Luke 12.32, Fear not, little flock, for it is our Father's good pleasure to give you what? The kingdom. Who is the kingdom going to be given to? Well, okay. Who wrote Luke? Luke. He, who is he? He's an apostle. What was he preaching? A kingdom message. Who was he preaching the kingdom message to? The nation of Israel. So when he refers to the little flock, he's talking about the nation of Israel who would receive the kingdom, not the body of Christ. And again, the shepherd and the flock analogy refers to the Jews. Do a word study. The word shepherd does not appear, not even one time, in Pauline epistles. He never mentions the word shepherd. Okay, Also, the word flock. It, is, it only occurs one time in Pauline epistles. Now, bear in mind, Pauline epistles... You know, he's writing to um, the body of Christ for the most part. Uh, the word flock is only used once in 1 Corinthians 9, 7, and it has nothing to do with Israel. Uh, who goeth to warfare at any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Who feedeth a flock and eateth not the milk of the flock? So it has nothing to do with the flock of Israel. Um, so the word shepherd, the word flock, is not used as an analogy by the Apostle Paul in his epistles. Therefore, the church of God, spoken of here in this verse, notice it says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. He's talking to the Ephesian elders, which were Jews. The flock is the Jewish church of God that he's referring to there. Um, this would be the remnant of Israel. This would the, be those who had believed the kingdom gospel, which he had purchased with his own blood. Now I'm out of time today, but we're going to do. We're going to look at some words uh, as we move forward here, um, because I have learned to be very careful with my words when I'm referring to scripture. Uh, when the word flock, like I said, is used, it is a very good indicator that it's referring to Jews. The word shepherd. There's other words. Uh, redeem. Um, uh, the word redeem, see where it says here, therefore the church of God, which he hath redeemed, which he has purchased with his own blood. Now, we've already established he's talking to the Jewish church in Ephesus. He's not addressing the body of Christ at all. So when he says there the word purchase, who has redeemed with his own blood, who has ransomed with his own blood, that's what that word means. 
So redemption implies a purchase of something, uh, something that has been lost. Salvation, on the other hand, is a gift that was given as a result of what Christ did on the cross. So redemption is a purchase. Salvation is a gift. Um, in order to redeem something, it means that it had to have been lost before. What was lost before? I'm beginning to believe that redemption refers to Israel. Salvation refers to the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, do a little word study. Paul only uses the word redeemed one time in all of his epistles. Just like he doesn't use the word shepherd, just like he only uses the word flock once and it doesn't refer to the house of Israel, he uses the word redeemed only one time in Galatians 3.13. And guess what? He's referring to the Jews when he uses that word. So we'll talk about a few reasons next time we get together. God bless you guys. James, God bless you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Uh, and Matt, God bless you guys. Um, hope you're doing well. Hope you have a great weekend. Remember that um, next time we're going to get together is 8 o'clock Sunday morning. We agreed. I kind of took a poll and everybody said, let's back it up. Because some of you do have churches that you go and attend. So we're going to back that up to 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, and we're going to restudy uh, everything we've learned Tuesday through Friday of this week. So God bless you guys. Hope that you um, have a great, 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 I guess, great weekend. <laughs> God bless you.